Hi, everybody. Sorry about that. Um, technology is not my forte, but fortunately, divorce law is. But uh, I'm Lee Daniel, and this is not legal advice. This is advice on before, during, and after the divorce. And I'm here with my lovely co-host, Allison Reiner. And Ron Allison, can you tell everybody who you are? I am. Yeah, I can. Thanks, Lee. Morning to everyone. My name is Alison Reiner, and I'm a Loved Again and Forever coach. And I work with women before they get to Lee. I work with women to, to make sure that they're absolutely sure that divorce is the right path for them. Or if they're not, I help them transform their marriage again. So, so we work quite nicely together. And today we're here to talk about getting ready for divorce, uh, because that's a big thing that I come up with again and again and again, is, you know, women are pretty sure, and I'm, I'm talking, I work mostly with women, but I think probably, Lee, this, this applies to, to men as well. Um, you'll be able to tell us better. But, you know, when women come to me, they know that they have to go and see a lawyer. They know that they have to, to face the financial situation. They know that there are certain things they have to do. But the fear of change and the fear of facing up to it sometimes is so huge that they just bury it away. And that keeps them stuck in a loop for such right. a long time. So today we're here to talk exactly about that, how to get divorce ready so that you, you don't turn up with all your, your problems on Lee's doorstep and, and she doesn't have to say, this is not legal advice. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> right. I, I, do, I say that all the time. <laughs> one of the, this is one of the prime times when I say this is not legal advice because a lot of the stuff we're going to talk today, about today is really practical, really practicalities about what do I need to do to get divorced? And, and I meet with tons of people that ask me this very question, what do I need to do? And so, Allison, obviously, you talk to people from the emotional side, and I do too, even though I don't get paid for that. I talk to people, um, when I say that, this is not legal advice, because a lot of times people just, they want somebody to listen to, they, they need somebody um I mean, they need somebody to listen to them. They want somebody to kind of give them some guidance because they feel so confused. So first, I think, is the emotional piece. So when somebody comes in to see you and says, how do I start? I mean, what, what do they do emotionally? I mean, what, what would you suggest? Well, that's, you know, that's the thing that by the time they get to me, uh, already they're exhausted, emotionally and mentally exhausted because you know, you know what it's like. You don't want to, to face up to it. You don't want to deal with it. You yeah. hope, you know, and during the course of everyone's long-term relationships or marriages, we have ups and downs. So quite often you think that it's just another one of those ups and downs and it pass. And then when it doesn't pass and you, you, you know, you try everyone, everything to make it, make it work. You know, you try the romance, you try the, the pleading, the sweet talking, the screaming, the crying, the, the accusations, you know, and the list can go on and on and on. So by the time they come to me, these ladies are pretty, pretty exhausted. And I'm pretty sure that there isn't any way forward um, and divorce is the only route. However, as I said before, the, the biggest fear, you know, I'll say, and what have you done about it? nothing is always the answer, always 90% of the time, nothing is the answer. And if I say why, because it makes it real, because it makes it real. And I'm still hanging on to that hope that there is something I can do to save my marriage. So that's the bit that I work with is, you know, okay, let's really look at that. Is there something you can do? And we, we go through all the emotional stuff. What have you tried? How are you communicating? Do you realize that, you know, sometimes you're communicating from a place of, uh, neediness. I need you to understand me, mm, even right. if that's not what you're saying. Because you know, so often we get caught up in the words that we use, and the words have got nothing to do with it. 
as long as the intention is right. So, you know, we go through all that together and, and build the courage and build this sort of uh, emotional resilience, if you like, in order to be able to go and do that next stage, which is get yourself prepared. But there's also right. a lot of guilt. Yeah, there's a lot of guilt that goes with that. Even that, even going to speak to a lawyer, there's a huge amount of guilt as if they're somehow being unfaithful. And, and it's not hiding too. Yeah. People will have cash and they'll say, you know, I'm going to use, I'm going to pay with cash so they won't know that I've been here yeah. or, you know, there'll be, I borrowed somebody else's credit card or something like that because they're hiding and they don't want the person to know that they're contemplating divorce. And this happens for, and you know, Allison works with women, but I work with just as many men, when I said it, just as many men as I do women, <laughs> try to do a little combo word. And the men have just as much, um, just as many questions about how do I get ready for divorce? And it is important. And I tell people that you took all this time to plan for your wedding. And then you come in here and go, I'm going to get divorced when you have absolutely nothing in order. And so one of the first things that I say is to really kind of come up with a plan. And one of the first things I do is to tell people to make a budget, whether they're the primary breadwinner or whether the person that's seeking spousal support or child support or whatever, you're going to have to have some idea of what it's going to take for you to live on. And that's pretty easy. I mean, just, just budgetary. And then sometimes we just have to brainstorm. I mean, so what are some things that you can think of Allison that somebody might want to include in their budget? I can think of the basics, but I don't have children and don't have a husband. So, you know, there are a lot of things that I may not be able to think about. So obviously there's the the place you're going to live. You've got utilities and things like that. But what are some things that you may have that you have if you have children that I may not be thinking about or may not think about? I mean, the children's expenses, apart from anything else, just just taking a, a child through the school year with what it costs for books and all the entertainment, you know, their after school sports and all those things cost. And I suppose it depends in which state or which country you live in. Sure. How much is, you know, what you're actually expected to pay for. Quite often in the UK, I believe, uh, you know, the, the child has a certain, a, a different way of being, being dealt with by the, you know, with the, the parents. But, you know, so all, all sort of the child care needs to be taken into account. Do you know how right. expensive it is? to have a nanny or to put your kids into after school care, you know, all of that. Um, and then, you know, clothes. I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of all those other things that we and there's, You know, we have health insurance costs. We have, you know, and I know some countries they may have health insurance, but especially in the U S you have to pay your own health insurance costs. Mm-hmm. So there's health insurance, there's non-covered medical for the children, and, and child support is kind of a separate issue, but when you when you get a divorce, you're going to need to know what how much money am I going to need to pay for the expenses? Because you're going to have to contribute, whether you're the one receiving the child support or you're the one paying it, you're still going to have to contribute to your children's needs. So how much money am I going to need? You know, and because you can't really decide if you're paying alimony, how much you can pay. Or if you're receiving it, how much you need until you do that basic yeah. kind of computation. And another thing is, everything everybody has to compromise. I mean, you can't expect to go into a divorce with the same amount of money as you have when you're married. I mean, everybody everybody's standard of living is going to change if there's been two incomes. That's just that's just, just the way the it way is. It yeah. yeah. And I think that's a really tough thing for, and that's one of the reasons I, I'm sure people 
oh yeah think about it is you know it's not just that you're you know your marriage is falling apart but also the life that you you've known the lifestyle you've known what you can offer to your kids the the holidays you can take the freedom that you you've had as a, a married woman or man suddenly you know, disappears before your eyes and there's a lot of resentment that goes with that. And I'm sure you get the resentment but you know, on your side when you're talking exactly about that. You know, how are we going to split the money up? And the other thing is being realistic about it. How many times have, you know, do you want what just isn't available? Exactly. Exactly. Because sometimes there's, it, there's just not enough money. And yeah. um, so just getting a, a budget in mind. And what I tell people, if they're like, I don't know where to start. A lot of times they say, I don't know where to start. And I say, okay. Figure out what kind of place you want to live in and then look online, look in the paper, call a realtor, find out how much it's going to cost you to rent a place in your area. Then find out if you're going to rent it, how much is insurance going to cost, how much your deposit's going to cost. Get a utility bill from you know that area you can find out from the utility department i think or at least a realtor this is what the average utilities run here how much is cable so call around do some research ask your friend you know you can find out you don't have to go into this completely clueless you can find out some people have no idea they come in and they say i say well how much is your car insurance i don't know they pay it how much is your cell phone bill i don't know they pay it Okay, so it's time to find out. <laughs> so yeah. even if you don't know, you can find out. You, you don't yeah. have to ask them, but you can find out. But and also, you know, it's, it's about taking responsibility for yourself. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Was talking, you know, we should know. We should know how much we're spending. Whether you know, whether we're a stay-at-home mom, whether we're working full-time, whether you know, whatever the situation, we should know the cost of living because it's something that you know. It's one of those basics. It's something we have to teach our kids apart from anything else. So you've got to know it yourself. And for me, that's that sounds like the very first place to start is you know getting getting that knowledge under your belt. It's yeah, it's not it's not just you know when you know when you're talking and you mentioned women, it's not just women who don't know because it's, if you're if you're the man perhaps that's a primary breadwinner perhaps and you've just been depositing your money in a joint account. I had, I've had that situation. I have clients with that situation and I had a man yesterday with that situation. They just say, wife, take care of the bills. And mm -hmm. they don't even look at it. They, they make the money, they deposit in a joint account, and then they leave that person who maybe doesn't have to go to work to do those accounting. And they don't actually know how much money's going out. So that's something that of course we need to know, but especially in a long-term marriage, you start to just, I guess, trust that the other person's going to take care of it. So you don't know. Yeah, no, no, that's true. And, and you're absolutely right. I, I saw a discussion going on the other day about who was the, the sort of money master at home. And more often than not, it's the woman. I think in, in our house, it tends to be pretty much 50-50. There are things that, that my husband will take care of because well, it's easier for him in Italian. And I tend to take care of the childcare and you know all those costs. So we, we both have our own things. And to, yeah, to be perfectly honest, I ask how much the car insurance is. But if you ask me off the top of my head, I could give you a rough number. So you know, within, you know, within the hundreds, but I wouldn't be able to tell you to the, the last dollar. I mean, yeah, that's that's suppose that is something I I am guilty of myself. Actually, you, you kind of get complacent with it. Yeah, and there's and there's no reason to feel guilty. It's just that 
if you are contemplating a divorce or a separation, then the first thing you need to know is what do you spend? What do you need to spend? And then how much is it going to need for that basic transition? Deposits, utility deposits, rent deposits, moving expenses. How much is that all going to cost you? And so you have a basic idea before you get started what you're going to need. I've had people, which it's a really super bad idea, but we'll move out and then go charge thousands and thousands of dollars on new furniture. And, th- and I'm like, why did you do that? That's not a good idea. Okay. That's yeah. not a good idea. <laughs> if, if you're all, if you're going to move out, you don't want to go move out with a lot of debt. Yeah. So, I mean, you may already have a lot of debt, but if you don't, 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 don't go create don't it. Get some. <laughs> you know, wait until you're in a, a more stable period to buy the new furniture. Go through, and, and you know, this is with an amicable divorce, but even if it's contested down the road, go through and decide how you can divide up the personal property. Most people have more than enough furniture. I know I have. Stories, you know, if, if you live in Marshall, Alabama, then I can give you some stuff. But there's... You were talking twice at me. You were coming from my phone. I don't know why you suddenly started. Oh, well, because I had something oh, interesting to say, clearly. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so important. So, we that. So, yeah. what, so make, go through the house. You don't, you don't have to do it when they're there and kind of decide what it is that you want. And if you're about to move out and you're moving out with no furniture, and take video or take pictures because mm-hmm. what I see is, and this is something that probably wouldn't occur to you, Allison, because the only reason I know it is because I've done it so much in trial. People will be gone. They'll separate and they'll be gone for in a long time, eight, nine, 10 months, maybe longer. They will completely have forgotten what's in the house or what's in the garage. And yeah. then they have to rely on the other person to, um, first of all, you know, they'll say this was there when I left. But if you don't have any evidence or any proof that it was there when you left, the other person can say, oh, no, it wasn't. You know, that yeah. was never here. So it may sound a little crazy, but take a videotape, take a little inventory of what you yeah. have in your house, because that's the only way you're going to know if it comes into question later of what you have. Yeah, and it's, but that makes perfect sense. You know, as somebody that, that rents property out, I have an inventory. I know exactly what I've left in the house so that when, when the new t- tenants move in, I know what the, the old tenants have left, what the old tenants have broken. Oh, okay. it's just, it kind of just makes makes sense. Also, it allows me to know what I need to buy, what's, you know, what's there. So, yeah, that's, it's, it's not something I would ever have thought about, to be honest, and it's not something I would ever have, have thought to, to tell my clients. But it makes yeah, complete sense. You're not thinking about that sideboard that you've always loved when you're yeah. you're going through all the emotional stuff of settling down somewhere else and you know getting the kids into school and all that that nice stuff. You're not you know the sideboard or your favourite bed or your your lamp or whatever is the furthest thing from your mind. I suppose until everything calms down. That's that's such a good good yeah, thing. Yeah, and, and something else along with that, that that you prompted me of thinking of was while you're doing that. If you have some extra time on your hand, write down where you got that piece. If it is a sideboard, was it a gift? Like in some states, if it's a gift, then you can keep it. It's yours. Mm-hmm. If it was an inheritance, you can keep it. It's yours if you inherited it. Or if the other party inherited it, it's theirs. If it was a joint purchase, then it's something that will be divided. You know, there'll be a division of property. So it's important to know, have a clear idea of, 
these are the antique pictures that I got from blank. These are the pictures that I got from wherever, you know, and sometimes we have like military memorabilia or we have um, things like that. And, and that's important to note too. If you were stationed in Germany and you bought, I forgot those big glasses, those big mugs you drink beer out of. If you bought a bunch yeah. of those, you want to write that you have a collection of these beer steins. That's what they are. Um, because later on, even after you're out of the house, the, you may say, I want my beer signs. The judge will go, how many are there? Um, it, you need to know. Yeah. So it's a little tedious, but especially in a long-term marriage. Yeah. You know, and I get people that go, I just want to leave it all. But again, don't, that's not smart because you, I know you may want to start over with all new stuff, but do that when you're in a more stable situation. Take half of the old beat up pots and pans. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's exactly, that's what I hear more often than not. And that was one of the reasons that I, I wanted to, to address this at some point was, you know, so many people just, you know, they just want out. And yeah, and apart from being irresponsible from a financial point of view, it's also irresponsible from a, an emotional point of view, from a, a point of view of moving forward in, you know, in life. Because if you don't deal with the, the financial side now, if you don't deal with the emotional side now, it'll come back and bite you on the bum. Yeah. You'll need to deal with it at some point. So, you know, whilst you're still in that, that fairly secure situation of being in the marital home, being in the marriage, look at all these things, get, you know, take time. There's no rush for heaven's sake. You didn't decide you wanted to get uh, divorced overnight. Another two months, three months, six months isn't going to make any difference at all in the grand scheme of things, but it will make a huge difference in the way that you're able to approach divorce and the way that you're you're able to, to leave the relationship. And, you know, the less you have to fight about financially, emotionally, who's going to get, you know, anti-genes, beer mugs or lamp or Maybe whatever. Jean was a lush. <laughs> <laughs> but she had gin, you know, gin beakers. I'm sure she did. But, you know, surely, you know, the less you, you give yourself to argue about, the easy it has to be because it's, you know, we're never going to create the perfect divorce where you, you sort of turn up, you shake hands, you kiss each other in the cheek and you, you go your separate ways. It can't happen. You love them. There's, there's all the emotion involved. There's all the love involved. There's all the disappointment that love love has disappeared. So there's going to be heart. There's going to be anger. But you know, there are ways to keep it to the minimum. There are right. ways to do it in as loving and as caring way as possible and keep all the, the heart and the anger to a minimum. Don't do yeah. But the less, the more, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, the less you uh, have to argue about and really the less unknown there is, because I think that change triggers a lot of fear. You know, change is scary and people are, are freaked out about how they're going to manage things. So the more you can know, the better off you are. And so another thing that I thought about while you were talking is that if you have debt, if you have a vehicle, if you have credit cards, if you have loans, you may want to check, can you uh, refinance that? Can you refinance your vehicle to just in your name? Can you refinance the house if you want to stay in the house? You can do all of this kind of research under the radar. You don't have to share that. Um, it is part of like the divorce planning process. The, the court doesn't normally make you refinance cars, but if you have that ability to get your that other person's name off the vehicle, or if there's a loan that you can consolidate, look at all the debt. How is it going to be apportioned? Burying your head in the sand is not going to help because people come in to see me after they've gone through their divorce. And believe it or not, there are lawyers out there that don't have a holistic approach. 
and they haven't even thought of that. And they come back to see me and they're like, you know, look what a mess I've gotten myself into. You have to figure it out before you sign on the dotted line. If you sign it's and it's filed and the court orders it, it's too late. So you can't help you after that. So something I was thinking about when you were speaking was, you know, and it's not, I don't tend to see this type of client, but I've, you know, I've got peers who deal very much with women who are stay-at-home mums maybe, or stay-at-home, they don't have a job, and therefore they don't have access to money to have, you know, to come and see you, for instance, or to come and see a lawyer. What, you know, what's available for them? What what paths do they have to? Um, I have this situation a lot too, and sometimes I, you know, I try to work it out the best I can to help the person, you know, maybe by saying, if you can pay a flat fee, if you can just borrow this much money, but, um, and other states have, um, opportunities for you to file a motion with the court and get your legal fees paid for. We don't do that very often, but I do know that that law is about to be enacted here, but it's really tough. I mean, and that is one of the worst situations is to feel completely stuck, completely cut off from money. And unfortunately, when, when things go bad, a lot of times that's when a partner that's a little more manipulative and sneaky will start hiding money from you yeah. because they don't want you to get a hold of money to be able to hire a good lawyer or something like that. So, you know, you may want to talk to your family, your friends who can to see who can help you, who's willing to help you, see if you can get a loan. Um, if you have good credit, you might be able to get a loan, even if you're not employed for, you know, or you can put the legal fees on your credit card and then you can hope that your spouse will have to pay in the end. Uh, there's not an easy answer for that, unfortunately. Yeah, and I suppose that goes back to to that sense of responsibility earlier earlier on in the, the relationship. You know, it's great. We're two people. We're madly in love. But still, we have to be responsible for our own parts within the, the marriage. And that means at least make sure you've got your own money somehow, even if that's, you know, that's just your, your housekeeping plus what you need to, to live on. You know, I, I still find it terrifying that there are women out there that are literally living hand to mouth because their husbands give them x amount each each week and that's something that you know that has to be dealt with because that's that is a lack of self you know esteem that's a lack of of you know belief in your your own position and, and within the marriage to be a mother a stay-at-home mother is a really important job if you were to employ somebody to come and do that day in day out you would spend thousands each month to do what you do, and yet you would allow somebody to give you 150 pounds or 150 euros dollars a week to you know to run the house, and I you know I, I've heard of it happening. And so, again, you know, I want to just remind you that there are men in exactly the same situation. The same position. Yeah, yeah. I, whether they're stay-at-home dads or they're the people they were working and the, the one party has control of the money. And I hear that all the time. I, they give me, my wife gives me $150. Now this person still has access to the joint funds. Hopefully um, I met with someone yesterday who didn't have access to the joint funds and they have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank and he, his name's not on it. And, and I was just like, Oh my gosh. But anyway, um, there are plenty of situations where the wife will go, 
you know, here's $150 for your lunches, your blah, 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 blah. And they don't have any more money or they yeah. don't, you know, so it happens both ways. You know? yeah. Yeah. You're more about, uh, and I know you work with women, but these, these things are just as important. And, and I am absolutely with you. You have got to take responsibility way before this and make sure that you're not left with no money, no way to get money. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, that it shouldn't be that way. It, it shouldn't be that way, whether you're getting divorced or not, you should have some access to some money. And uh, like Allison said, you should be on the joint savings account. You should be, you know, you should have some equal access. And if you have equal access, even if you don't work, then you can use that money. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's incredibly important. And, it, yeah, and, and I keep, I keep talking about women, but you're absolutely right. Again, I, when I think back to the number, even my, my mom giving my dad his, his money to, to go and buy his beer or to go and buy his newspaper. And he was the one that was bringing the money into the house. Yeah, different generation, and it's not something that I ever thought to fall into. But yeah, we, we do fall into the patterns of it. And it comes from, you know, of course it comes from love. You know, we, we love each other so much, you know, nothing can go wrong. We are so different from everyone else. But, you know, we might not be in the end, so let's just take care and let's just make sure that we're both cater for if anything does go and wrong and if you have yourself yeah just having some some feeling of empowerment that you're not at anybody's that yeah. you know nobody has control you know and but that's a whole other situation yeah. really and another conversation about money and we'll have a money expert on I, I know tons of them but another thing that before I forget is that it's important for you to know about your health care coverage how much is it going to cost you if you don't have it? Or how much is the family plan? How much is dental insurance? How much is vision insurance? How much are your medications? You know, you need to find all of that out because that can change um, depending on the health care. So maybe you work someplace that has rockstar health insurance and it costs you almost nothing. Okay, you're on your own and you've got a Blue Cross Blue Shield policy, single or whatever, and it doesn't cover all that. You, I mean, these are just look at the big picture, look at the whole year, see what are the costs that could be involved mm -hmm. and, and just and not even to get money from somebody else, but just so you're going to know. Right. So you kind of have an idea. And another piece is um, life insurance. Do you want life insurance? Do you need life insurance? Is there life insurance coverage from either your perspective or the other party's perspective? And then yeah. I'm about to sneeze. There also is um, retirement. So mm -hmm. as I sneeze, do you have anything you want to say about that? Um, yeah, because when you were talking, that was something that, <laughs> that came up. So, yeah, that, that's a big thing, especially working um, in Italy, because we, we're somewhere between the UK's version of, of the National Health Service and the American way. So, you know, part of it's state-run, part of it is that we put money into. And I was thinking of that, you know, Whilst I was stay at home with my kids and, you know, when they were very little, everything was covered. All my health care was covered. My dental bills were covered. Once I started to work, of course, I had to do my own thing. But, you know, if I was still a stay at home mum, that's something I wouldn't have thought to take into account. But the other, on the other side, uh, the pension, you were talking about the pension. That's something that, you know, they, they brought this in in the UK a few years ago and I think they've changed it that is something that you you are entitled to and it's something that yeah that you have to really make sure that you're informed about because it's easy to be hidden it's easy to it's also easy and i've seen this happen um when there's a, a hint of uh, of uncertainty in the air 
the husband or the wife stops paying into the pension policy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Why? Because you know, because they don't want to divide it. Yeah, exactly. They don't want to divide it, and they want to divide it only up to the point that they've paid into it at that point. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, they, they are. So, you know, the, all these things that, that we don't think about. And it, so, you know, going back to what I, I was thinking about right at the beginning or what I've heard so many times is, you know, I feel guilty about getting informed. Don't. Don't. That You don't have to go through with it. You don't have to, to sign on a dotted line anywhere. But you can't make an informed decision. You can't even make an, an emotional decision unless you know, you know, what, what you've got to, what you're going to lose, if you like, what you're, you know, financially, what you're going to lose, what your situation is going to be. And then you go, you, you can play back. Is this bad enough to leave? Do I have to leave? Or am I prepared to do something to make it work? Am and I that, this is where we have the disconnect between the two of us, because yeah. if somebody comes in to see me, you know, and I'll say, you need to get a divorce, because... <laughs> I mean, I, you know, and I'm sure that, you know, and, and certainly I'm going to support people, whether they want to stay married, you know, I'm going to be like, you you know, work on your marriage, but I don't, you know, for me, there's nothing more important than being happy. And, um, and so, you know, financially, and I've had this conversation before, people say, I have a nice house, or I have this or that. And I say, is that as important as your happiness? Your happiness? I mean, yeah, no, I another house. Can you get more furniture? You know, could you have a little while, you know, and because really, I think, and again, that's another topic, but I think happiness is more important than those things. Those material things. Absolutely. But, you know, the, the I, I don't, I would never tell somebody to say, I've never recommend anybody stay if they're not happy. But often we, we miscalculate, uh, miscalculate, that's the wrong way to put it. We feel we've got no choice. We don't, you know, there, there seems to be nowhere to go because you feel like you've done everything. Yeah. But, but and, and I'm talking, the same people that are in that place are also the same people that are terrified to do exactly what you've been explaining, work out the finances, work out, you know, even thinking about the, the vision beyond their marriage, they can't get to that because they're stuck in this place here. And when I see something like that, I really think that you need to work on, on yourself and your own yeah. issues before you make a decision on, on leaving. And if you don't, you find yourself in that position where there is no choice because it does deteriorate. And you, you reach the point where they come to you and you say, look, love, there is nowhere to go with this. You need to get divorced. So, yeah. you know, while, whilst there is still something to play with, I would I always suggest that you look at it carefully. Certainly with never, ever, ever, if there's any abuse of any description, then, you know, you're out immediately. I'll, I'll come and pick you up in the car and we go together. We do Thermal and Louise and we get wherever we have to go. But, you know, that, that goes without saying. And Alison, so um, I lost my train of thought, but I was thinking that, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about, we have been mentioning people who are planning for the divorce, but, and you mentioned the uncertainty. So if you don't want the divorce, but you can see the writing on the wall. You still need to do this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, because we're thinking about, Alison's talking about people who are like contemplating it. Maybe that's the last thing on earth that you want. You do not want a divorce. But if you start seeing the telltale signs that, you know, they're not coming home, you can see them on the phone all the time with, uh, you know, lots, lots and lots of stories, you know, and, and we have that intuitive sense. We can sense something's wrong please don't bury your head in the sand because that's what you want to do. You don't, you can't bear the thought that this is going to end or, you know, but 
you really need to get yourself situated. You need to get ducks in a row. If you feel that I'm pretty sure they're going to leave me, they're not. Cause I see some people that absolutely don't want the divorce, but they, ha you have to still do this planning because you don't want to be in a situation where you've been served divorce papers or, and, and all of a sudden you're, you, you're completely lost. So yeah. even if it's painful, you know, do that for yourself. And I think, you know, I can't tell you hundred percent, but I think it's going to make you feel better and, and more empowered to know, well, I don't want this, but if this is what's going to happen, then at least I'm prepared, you know? Yeah. But you know, it, it's something to do even before you have that inkling, even before you have that sense of intuition, it's something to do now. If sure. you're just playing about with the idea, I'm not sure if I'm happy, do it now because because it does give you choices and it does empower you. You're taking yeah. action. You're, you know, you're really, you're not reacting to somebody else's desire or non-desire. You're yeah. taking action for yourself. So even if it's just that inkling that you're not happy yourself, do it get informed it's not you're not going behind anyone's back you're you're doing it for yourself and also again go back to what you were saying earlier Lee it also helps to you know if you're both informed you both know what your rights are it's going to make a much easier conversation yeah. get to the, the the lawyer's office because you're and not fighting over unknowns and what I want to talk about the pensions, you mentioned the pensions and the retirement. So there are pension plans, there are 401ks, and this is in the U.S. There are IRAs, there are annuities, there are stocks. Um, I hope I'm not forgetting anything. There, there are all kinds of different retirement plans. Um, profit sharing. Um, I think I mentioned most of them. If I haven't, remember, this is not legal advice. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just put a little caveat. But whatever it is, you need to know what, especially in, in our state, you have to have been married for 10 years and the law is changing on that. But you need to know what the retirement assets are, both of you and of your spouse. Now, a lot of people have no clue what's in the retirement assets of their own, much less their spouse. But mm -hmm. you need to know, you need to know who has the retirement assets? People will come in and say, oh, they have two 401ks from where? I don't know. So you have to go through the expensive process of discovery. You know, you should have that information. They're going to have to give that to the tax professionals. So, you know, if they have interest or yeah. things like that, you need to know. You need to know where the tax returns are. You need to know how much everybody made last year. And it seems... You know, it seems like people would know that, but far offer than not, people don't have any idea. And I just really urge you to take part in the financial um, situation wherever you are, however much money you have. So, you know, where you know, you know what's at play. And um, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. People don't have a clue. People don't know. And, and you're right. They'll stop. Or how much do you have in savings? Or is there another bank account? Or mm -hmm. is somebody giving money to their mom or um, like the guy I talked to yesterday, he said, Oh, she's been giving money to her mom. How much? He doesn't have any clue. And you know, there are just, there's just a lot that you need to know. And you know, the financial piece is really just a little bit of the divorce planning piece. Yeah, exactly. And that was what, when you were talking, I was thinking, okay, that this is a lot. And of course it must be, you know, I'm sorry, everybody, it might be quite overwhelming listening to it, but it's, it's such an important 
part of it. It's such a but it's such an important part of life, full stop. You know, to know where you are financially, to know to understand what's going on in your bank account, in your your partner's bank account, whether you can afford to, you know, buy the big Christmas tree or the medium sized Christmas tree. You know, it just we, we should all be paying much more attention and I'm thinking, shit, I'm gonna to have to go off and have a good look at my mind because I'm I'm the worst for it. But you know, are there other aspects Well that's why we're not financial advisors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are there other aspects that that people should be looking at that they're not when they come to by the time they come to talk to you that you have to sort of send them off to do research on? Well, I mean that. So we've we've talked about the financial, and mm-hmm. I really think that you know there are tons of issues around your children that maybe we should talk about at a different time because really, yeah. um, I send people off to do this kind of groundwork first. You know, if they say, I'm thinking about divorce, I'm going to do it then. I always say, this is what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. This is how I want you to. And, you know, the best advice that I started giving people is something you said our very first call. And that is to decide what you want, what you want, and and then to visualize having the life that you want. Because mm-hmm. when they can't see their way through, you know, I, that was great advice. You know, look at well, how do you want to feel? You know, how do you want this to look? And um, I think that's really empowering and yeah. really super helpful. Uh, yeah, because as you say, if, unless you have an idea that life can be a bit better, you're going to stay stuck. You're going to, you know, you're going to bury your head in the sand. All these issues become so overwhelming that the, the idea of going to talk to the tax man or even open your bank statement fills you with such dread that you put it away for another day and another day ends up being another year or another six months and it just, you know, it just drags on and on and you're not getting any happier in that period. Right. And you, you get to the, the you know, the, the end of the line is you have no choice. The only choice is I'm going to get divorced now. And, I, and then everything is there in your face at the one time. I have to go and talk to Lee and I have to find out about my financial situation and the childcare situation and the pension and the did did it. Instead of doing it one step at a time as and when, you know, when you're feeling reasonably okay about it and there shouldn't be any fear in finding out where you are financially when it comes to your spouse if if they don't want to tell you then i think that's a situation that you know we'll talk about another time but um but anyway so if you're planning to get divorced then these are just some things that we want you to think about um and in the coming weeks we're going to have some experts on uh, money on weight, on depression, on um, what else? On self-esteem. Self-esteem, yeah. We've got the whole gamut. Yeah, we have we have tons of professionals lined up, and um, we hope that you've enjoyed today. We hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. I know you guys don't have Thanksgiving, do you, Allison? We we don't, but we do quite like to celebrate it just on your behalf. Now it's becoming quite big here just to just to do something i think it's because of black friday but no we'll we'll be working (laughs) we'll be working who doesn't have shopping exactly (laughs) so thanks everybody and thanks to allison and i hope you have a a merry thanksgiving and merry thanksgiving happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving very merry christmas but we'll see you before christmas we'll see you before christmas (laughs) so uh bye and have a great day yeah bye bye